How do you then differentiate yourself? Like, what is the moat? Because everything is getting commoditized. You know, every platform out there is going to integrate with GPT-4. So the moat, in my mind, the only remaining moat is your go-to-market, right? It's your the way you message, the way you position your product, the way you appeal to your target audience. You're listening to GTM Disrupted with Mike Smart of Egress Solutions. Learn how product management and product marketing thought leaders are rethinking their business strategies to thrive in a world of radical change. Hello, my name is Mike Smart and welcome to Go to Market Disrupted. I have Karthik Suresh with me today. Karthik is co-founder of Ignition, a SaaS platform that helps align go to market teams and improve the overall effectiveness of product launches. Karthik is a product and technology leader with experience as a founder and early startup hire. His professional passion is helping to find product strategy and finding a market fit. He has extensive experience building products in the consumer and enterprise domain, having done this for early stage and established companies like Meta. Today, we're here to talk about how to drive go-to-market success by improving product launch effectiveness. I am very pleased to have Karthik with us. Karthik, thank you for giving us some of your time and sharing your insight with us today. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on the show. So, Karthik, I did a real closed-in snapshot of your background, but you have a diverse career. I've kind of scanned it in LinkedIn. You've done a lot of different things. And I'm just wondering if you can share some defining moments in your professional journey that sort of got you here, things that moved you forward or lunged you forward to this point. So yeah, I started my career in high frequency and algorithmic trading in New York. And so it's basically in the prop trading world, very different. I was there for seven years though. So I did, I definitely enjoyed what I did and it was very, you know, adrenaline driven environment, but I felt like there was no impact. You know, it's basically you're taking money to make a bunch of money and you're getting paid to, to you know, basically generate a bunch of money. So I felt like there's no tangible impact on the world. So I was like, okay, this, I can't do this forever. And that's when I was like, okay, let's, let's go into tech and then see what I can build. So that brought me to Kraft. So Kraft was an early stage. So I was a second employee at Kraft, which is an enterprise intelligence startup. And I was there till Series A. So saw the whole journey to get to product market fit and then scale. So then uh, product and operations for them for a while. And that's where I learned a lot of my, you know, the, uh, the trade, I would say, on the startup side. That's a great um, training ground to start employee number two for a company like Kraft that's done actually very well in, the, in the, the startup cycle to get to a stage where they are right now. Yeah, I was definitely lucky to, you know, get that break. And obviously, you know, in the startup world, most of the startups fail. Uh, just a very few uh, ones take off and, and even a small number actually become unicorns. Yeah, after Kraft, I was there for four years and uh, after Kraft, I decided, okay, you know, I want to see what what it is like to build products at large companies and then moved to Meta, uh, Facebook then. So I was a PM on the Facebook search app and then I was a PM on the Facebook reality labs towards the growth side of things. And that's when I was launching a lot of things for Facebook reality labs, which is basically the devices division in Facebook uh, or Meta right now. And and there, I think I forgot what I was launching. So Oculus referrals or some kind of a, it was 
a spreadsheet with a hundred tabs, the launch plan. I mean, so nobody knew where anything was, where the latest campaign information was, where the latest messaging was, the collateral, like there was a tab to keep track of other tabs. And, and, and I think, think it's, it's more common. You know this now, but it's more yeah. common than people think large companies and small companies alike have come to use spreadsheet science to launch products, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, uh, and it's, it's definitely not scalable because launch, right. product launch is one of the most cross-functional projects in the company. Like everyone from engineering, product, marketing, sales, legal, privacy, policy, exits, everyone gets involved, especially if it's a tier one, like a big launch. The way they solved it there was, uh, you know, I think through some kind of a war room where a bunch of program managers would ju jump on a call and go through a spreadsheet and go to the checklist and call out names. It was definitely a nightmare. And I felt like, okay, I had to solve this. So you've laid out a very interesting path. Some of them I can relate to having launched a lot of products. The sheer effort and the sheer lift of using spreadsheets. And one tidbit you left out is, whatever that master spreadsheet that you had at Meta or any other company, you know that that wasn't the only version of what was going on, right? I mean, there was- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're so right. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and at least in spreadsheet, you at least have it in one place, but there's sometimes it's it's Excel sheets. So people would download the Excel sheet, then, you know, may have comments and then send it back in email. So I'm like, guilty oh, as charged. I'm taking this home <laughs> over the weekend. I'm going to update it. And oops, I forgot to put it back in the original, in the original file, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the biggest problem there is alignment. Like, I see there's a couple of problems which comes from that. One is alignment. So the product, marketing, sales, they're all not aligned on what shipping, when shipping, how to message the product. Uh, because it's all over the place, it's fragmented and it lives in different docs. And two, because of that, when the next launch comes around, you tend to reinvent the whole wheel because you know all the learnings from the previous launch are lost. So you just keep doing the corporate same corporate knowledge again and again. is gone. It's as if we're yeah. a startup all over again, right? Exactly. Exactly. So can you maybe through what you've learned through ignition, and obviously a collection of your experience, talk about what dynamics you see that have happened that give rise to people trying to now confront and solve this problem? What are the things that you see sort of on the, on the fringe or at the core that people have said, it's time to fix this? Yeah, so I think the, the number one thing is like, I think people, there's a few things going on again. So number one is like, the companies are leaving a lot of money on the table by not investing in a proper go-to-market process. It's, it becomes, before it was more of an afterthought, and now people are seeing the, the value right now. And two, I think what's happening in the market is like attention is scarce. And then, you know, like with the explosion of AI, for example, the number of tools and software solutions created is just exploding. Like every day there's a new AI app, right? So how do you then differentiate yourself? Like what is the moat? Because everything is getting commoditized. You know, every platform out there is going to integrate with GPT-4. So the moat, the, in my mind, the only remaining moat is your go-to-market, right? It's your the way you message, the way you position your product, the way you appeal to your target audience. And I think that's going to get more and more important. So it's a combination of these two, like the companies realizing that, you know, first of all, just taking a step back, you know, before there's only PMs and engineers and then marketers, and then product marketing was added as a function. 
to help with the launches and also that this the copy and then the overall go-to-market strategy. And then product marketing as a function started growing quite a bit. And then now product marketing in several companies is becoming a very pivotal role and that's happening. And then, you know, people are realizing that they are leaving a lot of money on the table and with the whole explosion of tools. So all of these put together, I think is, is, is becoming very clear, hopefully for a lot of people that they need to have a proper process. Creates a fabulous market opportunity for you and Ignition. <laughs> exactly. And I wish you I wish you great success <laughs> with it. I, I want to kind of zoom out a little bit because, and you're, I know well connected in the community um, as, as I am. Lifers like us just never seem to get this out of our system. There have been well-documented challenges, some of which you've described at a high level. Um, the Product Marketing Alliance, PMA, has done surveys and research over the years, described sort of the, the effort of pushing product out, getting launches. In my practice, I've we've done surveys with clients and asked them how much forethought they put into product launch, defining metrics, defining outcomes before they launch, um, shifting the whole launch effort to the left, closer to where the product ideation and planning is happening, not waiting till engineering says, okay, it's done. What should this process look like? What, or I should say even, what could it look like in an optimistic way? That's a great question. So first, let's let's talk about what even a go-to-market plan is, because a lot of the times people think, you know, sending an email out to your customers is a launch, and it's not. So, you know, when you and then and then another point I want to touch on is like yeah product marketing and who or whoever is responsible for the launch should be brought to the table very early on right when at the road mapping phase not when the product is already shipped and like hey you have two weeks to go launch it doesn't work that way so yeah coming back to what a go to market plan is like you know first you need to think about you know what are the objectives of the launch you know what do you want to accomplish what are the KPIs how do you, how do you measure success two you know who's your target persona you know what's your ICP you need to do a bunch of research and, and understand like how do you message the, towards their pain points. Then you need to talk about, you know, for example, like positioning, like how do you position your product in the market? And so you do that exercise. Then you go with messaging, basically thinking about how do you make sure that you you know talk about the product in a way which appeals to your target persona. Then after that, the channel mix, you know, what channel mix do you use to then get to your target audience uh, then once you do all of that then you need to work on executing it like you know work with designers on generating assets you know working with you know all the execs and stakeholders to get approval and you know legal etc and so it's a huge it's a it's 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 a long process especially for a tier one launch and first of all even having this process in place i was going to say um, you're, if you're talking about tier one you're advanced right you've decided that there's a priority to launch yeah so for, for people who are not there yet maybe it's worth talking about some of the setup, some of the frameworks that, that that would be useful to move forward on a maturity curve. Yeah, so so then the tier one is a larger launch, but even for tier two or tier three, let's say it's a small feature, then you really need to have like a multi-channel approach to launching things. So it's as uh, before, as I mentioned, you know, just sending an email shouldn't just be a launch. You need to think about, okay, you know, where my uh, target audience, what are the channels they live in? You know, they, they live in Reddit, Facebook, is it Google search? What's the best way I need to, I can target them. And you need to keep repeating that with different messages and you need to hit them with various campaigns so that you'll stay on top of the mind. 
and and then you need to measure and then you need to like basically change uh, course based on your, your KPIs you set at the beginning of the launch. Egress Solutions is a high-touch product growth and market success consultancy. Since 2009, Egress Solutions has had successful engagements with the top technology organizations, delivering insights into buyer preferences, product market fit, product management, and go-to market excellence. Egress Solutions accelerates top-line growth and market success for our clients. Go to www.egresssolutions.net to learn more. Karthik, you have said there's no silver bullet here, that all of the yeah. practices you're talking about are for marketers, experienced marketers, experienced product managers, experienced product marketers. It's sort of back to basics. Segmentation, identifying ideal personas and ideal uh, customer profiles or ICPs, um, positioning and messaging, and then perfecting and refining the messaging and repeating, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Conceptually, what are the things that a platform can help us do that take us out of the war room and out of the spreadsheets? Yeah, so yeah, so, so traditionally people have used, you know, um, just a Google Docs, Notion or Coda for you know, documenting the plan, spreadsheet for your launch checklist, Dropbox to manage all your assets, uh, maybe Clue or Crayon to manage your competitors, competitive research. Um, and so it's like a asana for tasks sometimes mm -hmm. working with marketing teams. So it's a whole bunch of tools out there um, to actually you know, uh, plan a launch, which is, the, which is the main problem here. My count is a minimum of five, right? Yeah. And it, depending on how sophisticated, it could become eight, which is a lot of switching back and forth across platforms. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, because you have a maybe a software for maintaining your OKRs, which is another one. I can go on. Like you can go for, I can drive over fifteen tools uh, for just planning one launch. <laughs> right. Then that's where Ignition comes in. Ignition is basically the first go-to-market ops platform where you can build your entire go-to-market plan and plan your product launch in one place. And we not just help you build a plan; we also automate a lot of the launch planning. Like for example, we can using AI, you know, generate a persona for you, generate the strengths of your competitor, generates at least the V1 of messaging and positioning based on the inputs you give us. So we can create like a dynamic plan for you based on your input. So it's not like a static plan which lives in a spreadsheet and it constantly changes as people start working on it. For example, one example is like, let's say a launch date changes, which happens all the time because it's all there's always delays because it's alignment issues. And then you need to go to spreadsheet and update all the dependencies. And it's it's such a pain. And in Ignition, it's just one button. You change the launch date and it will go update all the other dependencies. So basically, we'll help you create or you know, basically source and create all the launch plans in one place. And then the, the second order effect is like now you have all the learnings in one place. And if you want to reuse an asset from your previous launch, you know, understand what went wrong or right from a previous launch, when you do a retro, you can do that on Ignition. Finally, I would say that the other big problem we solve is about stakeholder communication. It's about alignment. You know, as a PMM or a PM, you're doing a launch, you're probably sending like hundreds of emails, like at different altitudes to email update to your exec, email update to sales team, email update to your engineers, email update to the overall org. Ignition can completely automate those uh, stakeholder communication for you and uh, so that you can actually focus on 
you know, the, the, the strategy itself. You defined this platform as a system of record, but somewhere underneath this, I sense it has the capability of doing much more than that because it is not only potentially the system of record, it is also potentially the system of execution. So Karthik, this is an intriguing dilemma. You describe something that says you have a goal to want to be the system of record. And the question I have is, do you see this pain point greater as a system of execution or is it the system of record that's the greatest pain point? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, something we are trying to ask ourselves. The answer is, you know, it's complicated because uh, it depends on which size of the company you're talking to. It depends on what kind of PMM teams are in those companies. You have seen all sorts of uh, shapes and sizes. For example, you know, in some companies, you have the PMMs positioned in the right way. They own the budget. They drive the strategy. But in some other companies, basically, PMMs are just doing copywriting, which is not exactly a PMM role. And that's because we are so early in this journey. And the whole process is not standardized across the industry. And in fact, the challenge for ourselves as Ignition is, you know, it's actually customer education. Because if people get it, people know about it, we, they immediately start using it. But a lot of the times when we talk to people, they're not even aware of this process. And it requires a lot of customer education from our side. So while, you know, there's a lot of pain points on the execution side. Let me play a little devil's advocate here. So I would bet that most of your clients or customers don't contact you if things are going well. Similar to my consulting practice, people call us up when something has broken severely. There's an embarrassing, embarrassing event, something went wrong. And that's all about execution, right? So, and this is, a tr I'm intrigued about this because it speaks to how you guys go to market how do you play off of that fear, uncertainty, doubt, and pain angle versus the strategic improvement? Or said better, especially in our macro environment, I had a client say to me, today in this environment, I'd rather provide pain relievers than vitamins. And you have a unique situation to potentially be a pain reliever and or a vitamin. So which one are you positioning? I know the strategy, I get that. Yeah. But today, which one makes the most sense? Yeah, the hundred percent. I think you know the the answer there is like, so we are pain relievers, but it appears as if it's a vitamin till something breaks. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to ask a two prong question. So there's a segment of this audience that are young entrepreneurs trying to figure out, go to market, you correctly, I think, nailed the fact that in our current state and in the future, this go-to-market practice is the way to be successful. Talk to my entrepreneurial listeners and help them understand how this balancing act works for you. What is it that you feel like you have to stay on top of in this position to say, I'm selling you a vitamin, until you have a pain and then I'm gonna sell you a pain reliever. I mean, there's some nuance to that. There's, that's not easy, that's, that's not straightforward. No, that's, that's definitely not. I think what we, what we try to do is like, when we target people, like when we do our outbound, we try to look for people who have had launches recently. 
So it's more about like, you know, for example, if, or if there's a new, new head of product marketing or a new CPO, or, you know, if they have done launches recently, then we target them because then they are, they are fresh with that, you know, that pain. Um, otherwise, you know, you kind of lose them. So it really depends at what stage you're targeting. And if you're lucky, we catch them at the exact right time. If you're not, then they come back and like, you know, they start either piloting or start using it. And then it's just a matter of time before something breaks and they start using this. Yeah. You, you hit on something that's subtle. And I want to break it down because mm-hmm. I want to make sure that everybody hears this. And it is, I think, a tried and true marketing message. Your, your system lives in a world of replacement. There are five to 10 tools out there that do some of what you do. The optimum time for you to succeed with a client is a point of change. We identified a pain causing this. The other thing that you identified was a shift and change in the org itself. New player, new branding, some initiative that goes on that people will willingly step back. And this is the vitamin play, step back and say, if we're going to do all of this, we must do it differently. I'm going to normalize it and say, so what you're telling me, and I think you're absolutely spot on, is that in order to sell into a space like the one that you're selling into and have success, you have to apply a high degree of market intel, right? And I'm not just talking about scanning the market at 50,000 feet. You're obviously looking down at potential clients and even potential changes in client environment to determine what your point of entry is. Did I say that right? Did I summarize it okay? No, you did. You did. You did a great job. Yeah, exactly. It's just like looking looking at what's the right part of entry to talk to the clients because, you know, like if you if you if you catch them when they're not doing a launch or when they're when they feel like oh it's just a vitamin it's just a nice to have or you're just taking five tools and just bundling it that's it and then when you when you catch them and you just need a launch then like oh my god you know there's, a, there's so many things fell through the crack and you know like they, they get it and then it's so much easier to then get them to use the platform. Because, you know, there's a huge switching cost for sure, because yes. you know, you've been using all these existing tools and you've been using it for years. And then it's like a huge switching cost. So you need to get over that hump. So and then the hump is usually like a broken launch and you catch them during that broken launch process. They're like, oh, OK, yeah, the existing process doesn't work. We need to move. It's that pain threshold that they have to hit that says I'm willing to do anything to make a change. So let's switch back. Let's let's change the POV. Let's, let's pretend you're the head, GTM head, whatever that role is, CRO, COO, CMO, CPO of a good-sized mid-market company. And you're looking out on your behalf of your company. What are you trying to get, if you were in that role, knowing what you know, what would you be trying to get that company, your company, to do as it relates to go-to-market? Yeah, 100%. I think one of the first things I would want to do is get product marketing and sales team uh, aligned and have them, you know, have shared KPIs, you know, get them to communicate more, collaborate more, get, get PMs, for example, get marketing uh, early on in the product development life cycle. So, I've, I mean, one of the main issues is like, it's also like incentives in the organization. For example, I was talking to a PM the other day and he was telling me, like, I was, I was asking him like, Hey, why don't you proactively, you know, partner with your marketing org 
And he was like, I'm not incentivized to do that. Like my bonus and my promotion is towards moving my session time or my app time or whatever metrics they're given to him. So he's just focusing all his energy working with engineers to move that retention metric or engagement metric. And he's not incentivized to like go work with, you know, product marketing and make sure they're aware of the upcoming launches, help them with the messaging and so on. So I think just like taking a level up and making sure that you can build a more cohesive uh, unit where product marketing and sales are, are uh, you know, uh, have shared KPIs and they really like are accountable and everyone is accountable towards revenue is one of the first things I would do. Do you think our current, and I'm asking this because it's, it's I've been told it's a provocative question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Do you think our current org structures, if you look at sort of B2B tech as a kind of baseline of the way we've organized leadership, do you think that's optimal for that? Or are we are we do are we as an industry due for I'll call it a, a, a change management process through that? Because you described a situation which starts with goal setting and goals trickle down. Yeah. So I'll take one example, right? Start with like one specific example, like product marketing, right? In some companies, product marketing report to CMO, in some companies, product marketing report to CPO. And I, you know, there's no, I mean, I'm not saying there's a right or wrong answer, but I'm mm-hmm. just saying that like, you know, what's the, what's your main top level goal? And mm-hmm. based on that, like, you know, are you incentivizing, for example, product and engineering here to make sure they work very closely with your marketing org in a, to help your marketing org succeed? Question for you. Who, who do you look to for inspiration Inside or outside of the industry, inside or outside of the business world, when you when you sort of look out across the landscape, who do you who do you pay attention to? Who do you follow? Who, or, or what kinds of things do you do to keep yourself pumped up and inspired? In terms of people I respect, there's a couple of leaders I follow in the go-to-market space and also just in product space in general. Uh, one is April Dunford, and she's amazing at positioning. And she just, you know, hammers the nail again, and again on positioning, like why positioning is important. Obviously, um, awesome is the book. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And then uh, this other person is uh, his name is Tony Fidel, and uh, he he founded Nest, and he also has a recent book called The Build, and he talks about the importance of product marketing and launch process, for example. In fact, that's one of the things which differentiates Apple from the rest of the companies uh, in the bunch. So. This is a for example for a couple of leaders I follow, and obviously follow a lot of uh, podcasts. And then you know, you know, obviously plugged into communities like Product Marketing Alliance, and there's new communities coming up every day. And now we are trying to plug ourselves into product communities more and more, like Mind the Product and Product School and others, because now we are expanding our product to also appeal to PMs. But yeah, it's wide. There's there's so much information, and I'm hoping like I can have a I can use an AI tool which is go through all my favorite podcasts and news articles and tweets of my influencers and just summarize everything and then send me a daily like for me like a digest every day like an email digest every day so i can i can read this daily digest and then consume it <laughs> that would be fabulous and what would be more fabulous if gtm disrupted showed up in your summary every day <laughs> i hope so yeah <laughs> yeah it should be a top of my list karthik if people want to find out more about ignition or just reach out to you, how would, sh- how would you suggest they do that? Yes, our website is haveignition.com. It's H-A-V-E-I-G-N-I-T-I-O-N.com. 
and people can connect with me on LinkedIn. My handle is Karthik Suresh LBS. And my Twitter handle is just my first name, last name, which is Karthik Suresh. Excellent, excellent. Karthik, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And to our listeners, I want to say thank you for your thoughts, your ideas on how to improve the podcast. Please keep those ideas and thoughts coming to us. And remember to like, download, and review us on your favorite platform. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Egress Solutions, head on over to www.egresssolutions.net.